WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. It's 824, and WKTY Outdoors is brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma and by Ace of Lacrosse Sportsland in the Shelby Mall on the south side of Lacrosse. Joining me on the phone right now is Matt Wagner down at the Driftless Angler in Viroqua, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, winter trout fishing here this morning. Good morning, Matt. Welcome to the program. Thanks for being on this morning. My pleasure, as always. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Well, let's, uh, let's <laughs> first of all, I guess maybe we didn't pick the best weekend for uh, <laughs> to talk about winter trout fishing. Uh, the conditions right now are a little... Uh, and and will become a little challenging as the uh, the day moves on here. But uh, uh, there's so many opportunities in the uh, in the winter time. Uh, what uh, I guess maybe my first question for you this morning is, what do you like the most about uh, this early season and 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 winter trout fishing in general? Sure. The the early catch and release season starts the first Saturday in January, and early trout fishing. The best thing about it. There's nobody out there. <laughs> you know, we could we can go out a couple of days in our own. The only footprints we see are our own type deal. So a uh, lot of solitude out there, and actually you don't really get a full day of fishing in. It's a good solid half day in the middle portion of the day, uh, but it could be some of the better fishing. And on the fly fishing side of things, it can actually be some pretty good dry fly fishing if the conditions are correct. We're lucky enough down here in the Driftless at our Spring Creeks. The water's pumping out of the ground at 45 to low 50 degrees, so it doesn't necessarily always freeze over. The fish can be fairly active. So if we get the right day, it can actually be a lot of fun to fish out there. Is it, is, and is it, is it a case in the wintertime of the, are, are the fish more active and more, uh, I, I guess, more aggressive necessarily, or, or, or how, would that, how does that work? In a way, yes. Easier way to say it is they kind of have a very narrow window of opportunity. When you're fishing in the wintertime for trout, you want to make sure that you're fishing a rising water temperature. So, in another really weird way is trout fishing usually isn't associated with sunny days, but sunny days in the winter are best. The sun shines down onto the stream bed, that dark stream bed. It warms up, the bugs get active, and the trout get active. So as I had said before, it's not necessarily a crack of dawn to dusk type fishing. Your sweet spots usually between ten o'clock and two o'clock throughout the day, so it's a good midday bite. That's uh, and that's uh, that's a good thing for the folks that uh, that like to sleep in on the uh, <laughs> during the day. So that's uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I guess too the other thing too you mentioned uh, stream temperature a, a, a moment ago as well. Uh, that was one of the 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 questions I had too. Is is how does, uh, you know, do, do you kind of have to worry about the ice or, or anything like that? I mean, or, you know, just the, with, the, with the water being, you know, 10, 12 degrees necessarily warmer than uh, or above freezing, is that necessarily a factor that you have to consider when, uh, uh, when heading out onto the streams? Only on a string of really frigid and really cloudy days do we get a significant amount of shelf ice. If we have a bit of sun, you know, even on a day like today, it'll warm the stream bed up enough and the springs are warm enough that some of that ice will break free. Ideally, what you want to do is make sure on a sunny day that it's at very least 25 degrees. So 25 degrees and warmer and sunny, or on a cloudy day, you really need it to be about 35 degrees for effective fishing. Ice isn't a huge issue. Uh, one thing to keep in mind when you're trying to find the right trout stream that's going to be flowing the warmest, 
You want something that's flowing east to west and is more of a wide open meadow stream. The wide open meadow stream makes sense. We don't want tree shade. We don't want the bluff shade in the water. We want the most amount of sun to get in there, warm stuff up, and break any ice free. The east-west is because that gets the most amount of sun during the day. So it would be the quickest to warm up and the uh, the most most warm, I guess, is the best term for it, uh, mm-hmm. throughout the winter time. And, and, and what sort of... It, it, and, and to, I guess to my way of thinking, and, and, and please correct me if I'm uh, if I'm wrong. You know, in the in the the summertime, the spring, and, and things like you know, you want those little places of shade where the fish can kind of you know tuck in and hide and things like that. You know, what sort of uh, terrain are you looking at finding the fish in this time of year? Are they more you know are they still kind of hiding in the riffles there or kind of under the banks that sort of thing or, or where? Where do you generally find them? Uh, do they do they relocate somewhat during the, the, the cold weather months? Yes, they do, actually. You'll find them more in the deeper pools and deeper runs. Their metabolism is way down in the wintertime. They're just kind of living off their stored fat that they put on in the fall. Um, so they're down at the bottom of the really big, deep pools. And as things warm up, if it gets warm enough, they'll push up into those riffles to feed on the midges that are coming off. Uh, so, again, it's that kind of daily timing thing. From 10 o'clock until about noon or 1, you're going to be fishing slow and low, you know, bottom bouncing the big, deep pools, twitching the leech through the big, deep pools. And then around noon or so, uh, you might notice some fish rising. And if that's the case, you can start fishing a little shallower water. Okay. All right. That's uh, that's uh, that's good to know. And you, you talked about hatches as well. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm guessing the hatches are not as prolific as they are during the summertime, but they still happen. Yes, absolutely. The, the midges, the winter midges and winter stoneflies. Uh, winter midges are a fascinating little bug. They actually have almost like a type of antifreeze in their body, so they can survive up to, I think it's 10 or 20 below zero air temperature after they hatch. So they're actually insects that are made to live in the wintertime. So they do hatch uh, on those brighter sunny days when things warm up. And around that midday, you know, you can even just driving around if it's a really cold day and you need to get out of the house, take a look at some trout streams. And around that uh, 1230 time frame or so, if it's a good sunny day, you should see some fish rising. Wow. Interesting. That's, uh, I, I guess I didn't, I mean, I knew about midges and things like that, but I didn't realize there were, I, I guess, specific types of midges that, that, that were more prevalent in the wintertime. Interesting. That's uh uh, that's uh, that's good to know. And you mentioned dry flies as well. What uh, what sort of uh, patterns are you uh, are you thinking about using then? So uh, some of those midge imitators then. Exactly. Yes. For surface patterns, it's really really easy. For winter stoneflies, for your midges, and then even creeping into the springtime for your blue-winged olives, everything is about a size 18, so very small, uh, but size 18 black to a very dark olive body. So pretty simple, simple parachutes, you know, true midge patterns. They're all a very thin profile, dark body color, and right around a size 18. I was going to say, and and the smaller and, and it, it, the the smaller patterns uh, are, are the ones that uh, the, the fish are after. They're not after the the larger. I, I'm guessing you could probably throw some streamers and things like that for uh, subsurface, but uh, but the small patterns for the uh, for the dry flies. Correct. Yes. Yep, your match of the hat stuff is all very small in the winter time. Okay, and and again too, what about uh, like the streamers and things like that? What uh, are they just downsized a little as well? 
Yeah, a little downsize. They're looking in the size 8 to 10 range, so small streamer, a normal leap size. Mm -hmm. And the thing about throwing a little bit of meat at the trout right now uh, is they are sluggish, their metabolism's low, but they're still little predatory fish. So if they see a big meal coming by, they're going to wake up a little bit, and and they won't necessarily chase after it. They won't swim after it, uh, but they will kind of cruise over and uh, and eat a larger pattern. Mm -hmm. So we also we size down a little bit, and we slow down our presentation too. We don't want that fly ripping across the water because nothing's moving that quickly in the winter, but the trout won't go after it either. So a very, very slow strip or even a dead drift and a twitch with a leech or a streamer pattern can get some really nice fish this time of year. Yeah, that was going to be my my follow-up question there was that, you know, in terms of of the presentation, yeah, you are, uh, and, and, uh, you know, uh, rightfully so, I think for... uh, I think just about any kind of fishing to a certain extent, whether you're, you're, you're trout fishing or, you know, fishing for, uh, for crappies or bluegills and things like that, ice fishing. Um, yeah, you're just, uh, you're just slowing that presentation down to, because yeah, again, the fish are not as active. And, and like you said, they won't chase those, uh, they won't chase even a big meal down. Uh, they're not just simply not going to expend that kind of energy. Exactly. You got it. Now, and, and, and I do have to say one thing, too. I was uh, looking on the, uh, the Driftless Angler website the, this morning here as well, uh, and, and you had a really great article here, too, talking about, uh, about winter fishing. And um, it was, uh, uh, I, I found it fascinating anyway, and, and a lot of things, some of the things I didn't necessarily uh, consider, too, is that, it, you know, when you do catch a fish um, and as we talk about in the summertime is, you know, practicing that catch and release, uh, to not harm the fish, but that's also holding true in the wintertime as well to, to, to a certain extent. Absolutely. It's almost more important in the wintertime for your catch and release fishing and especially trout. If you're out there on a really cold day and you expose that fish to air, its eyes can freeze, its gills can freeze. You can really kill that fish just a few seconds out of the water. So we encourage people to keep fish in the water, you know, keep them in the net and release them, uh, and forego having that uh, that photo of you holding that fish up this time of year because the chance of harming them is actually greater than it is in in the summertime. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's uh, it, it it's it's something I, I hadn't necessarily considered, but certainly, of course, makes uh, makes plenty of sense. And uh, to well, uh, and let me back up a, a little bit as as well here too. Um, you know, it, it certainly. It also, I think the, the the cold weather certainly affects the the fishermen and and the the the, the gear as well. Um, I'm seeing you know some frozen tips and things like that in the uh, uh, the article here too. What sort of things do you recommend to uh, to to people to I guess prevent problems with uh, with the rod, reel, line, all that uh, um, when when you are going out and doing some winter winter trout fishing. Sure. I would just say expect everything to freeze. <laughs> there are little things you can do. Your guides, especially on fly rods, they're fairly small. Uh, so as the fly line shoots in and out of those guides, water gets deposited on there and they're metal guides, so they freeze. It's winter time. Uh, you can use something as simple as, as chapstick on them. Uh, there are some products uh, sold by fly fishing companies that are a little ice-off paste, again, kind of a waxy thing. Um, I've read a couple places online. I haven't tried it yet, uh, but if you actually uh, uh, wipe your rod down with lemon pledge 
uh, that's a very good way to kind of de-ice your rod as well. So I know people, and I don't necessarily recommend this one because I don't know what you're putting in the environment, but I know people who have even used like a WD-40 type thing. Mm-hmm. So if you coach your guides a little bit with something, uh, you know, hopefully something that's not going to pollute the waters, but if you coach your guides with something, uh, it can help a little bit. But just kind of be prepared and know that things are going to freeze. Having said that, one of the greatest rod breakages in the wintertime is reaching up your fly rod and trying to push ice out of your guides. The best way to free ice from your guides is using your thumb and the uh, the tip of your finger. It's actually pinch that ice a little bit in the guide. Don't try to pop it out. Don't try to break it out. But pinch it for just a few seconds, and it melts, and then it comes off very easily there. And that will save you from a broken fly rod in the winter. Yep, and uh, <laughs> that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and, and you know the rod guides too. I can see where uh, you know something even you know I would guess even something like you know like uh, something with wax in it, you know, like you said, like chapstick, or I'm thinking mm-hmm. even something natural like you know a beeswax or something like that. Yeah. Just to just to coat those guides would uh, would do the trick. And and uh, and. What about the lines as well? Is there anything that you can you recommend for the winter time? I, I mean, I know there's fly line dressing and things like that, but does that also work in the winter time? It does, yes. Yep. Keeping your fly line cleaned and dressed is going to help a ton. Again, you're probably not going to keep things from freezing, and normally if you're fishing on a day where your actual physical fly line is fishing, it's not going to be a very good fishing day. That would be a day like today. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. I think, 9 degrees when I pulled into the fly shop this morning. It's just too cold to fish. The fish aren't going to respond, and more importantly, you're going to be miserable out there. So. Yeah. You know, if you treat it kind of like a hike and take a few casts type deal, it can be a lot of fun. But you really want to make sure that you're fishing the right water temperatures in the winter time for good fishing and for angler comfort as well. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, uh, and I'm sure it depends greatly on the the winter. Uh, this winter doesn't seem to be too bad. How are the uh, how is uh, how is access so far this season? It's been good. It's been quite good. Uh, the other thing you run into is when we have snowfall and the plows come, is it really limits where you can park off the sides of the road. So you kind of have to factor that into your fishing experience as well. You might not be able to get into the spot that you want because you can't safely pull off the road. Uh, also, for uh, when there's a lot of snow on the banks, it's much more physically demanding to walk in, uh, along the banks and, and even in the creeks to some extent. Uh, so you know, prepare for the extra physical activity. If the snow is really, really deep, we have fly fishing snowshoes before, which is actually quite fun. So kind of a a snowshoeing and fly fishing trip. Just be very careful when you're crossing the river with a pair of snowshoes on because it is extremely difficult. Yeah, I can, uh, I can believe that. I, yeah, that, uh, that makes, uh, makes perfect sense. And, 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 and the, I I guess too, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, like the, I know like down in Vernon County anyway, that, that. Uh, you know, there are places where people can park, you know, little turnaround areas, places like that. Do they clean those out? Do they plow those out as well in the uh, in the wintertime? They do. However, I would say don't expect it. If it's an extremely heavy snowfall, that's going to be low on their priority list, so it will take a while for them to actually get it cleaned out. Okay. Okay. Uh, I guess... Uh, the, anything else maybe that, uh, that you'd like to touch on that, uh, that I've overlooked as far as, uh, as winter trout fishing, uh, goes that, uh, that you'd like to talk about this morning? Yeah. Now, again, the only thing to really keep in mind in winter trout fishing is 
You want to be fishing that rising water temperature midday, and once that water temperature stops climbing and it cools down naturally as the sun starts going down, or even worse, if we get snow melt in the creeks and that water temperature starts to drop, fishing shuts down completely. It's almost as if somebody flipped a switch. You could have rising fish in front of you and catching a bunch of fish, and then all of a sudden that temperature drops and it shuts down completely. So this time of year, it's never a bad idea to carry a thermometer with you and just kind of see what the water temperature is doing throughout the day. And, and what range do you do you find the, uh, I guess, the fish are most active uh, in? Ideally, you want the high 30s into low 40s. That doesn't always happen in the winter. As long as the water's about 35 degrees and climbing even a tenth of a degree or a quarter of a degree, you will have some success fishing out there. Okay. All right. Well, great. And, and, and Matt, I just yeah, before, uh, before we wrap things up here this morning, uh, talk a little bit, you know, how, is, uh, how are things going down at the shop and how can people, uh, you know, get outfitted for, uh, for a trip out on, the, uh, out on the streams this winter? Yeah, the, the shop is open only on Saturdays in the wintertime officially from 8 until noon. Again, just making sure that you can get your stuff before you go fish that rising water temperature. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise, a call to the shop or an email, and we'll open by appointment. It's winter in Wisconsin. You know, days like we don't expect to see too many people in, so you can call or email, and uh, we'll make sure somebody's here for you when you're coming through town to pick stuff up. And we still do update our fishing report. It's not necessarily daily during the winter, but we will give you stream conditions, tips and tricks. Uh, like you said, the article about uh, handling fish winters up on our website right now, and that website is driftlessangler.com. Yep, and uh, that is uh, it's a great site. I always uh, I always check it out for uh, for the the reports, and uh, again found that uh, found that winter fishing article, which I found really informative, and uh, I, I think. Uh, the listeners will as well if they uh, they go to the website and check that out. So, Matt, as as always, I, I really really appreciate uh, you taking the time to uh, to chat with me this morning and, and talk a little bit about uh, uh, winter trout fishing. It's always uh, always a lot of fun, and uh, I, I certainly uh, wish you uh, wish you guys the best of luck down at the uh, down at the Driftless Angler this uh, this season. Well, thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure as always. And to the listeners, stay warm and go catch some fish. All right. Sounds good. Well, Matt, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You take care. Thanks, Kevin. You too. All right. Yep. All right. That is uh, Matt Wagner from the Driftless Angler down in Veronqua. Appreciate as uh, always uh, good information that he's uh, sharing with us this morning here. It is coming up on 843. I'm going to take a break and come back in just a few moments to continue WKTY Outdoors on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. He'll tell you where the fish are biting, just go in and ask.